Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back yet again. The No Laying Up live show presented by our friends at High Noon. Take two. We have absolved the technical difficulties, I believe. Please let us know. If not, Solly here. KVV is here. Hello, Kevin. Solly, I'm great. I'm done. <laughs> no you? problems at all. No issues whatsoever. People don't know. Sometimes we do two takes, but when you do it live, you don't get that courtesy. This uh, is definitely not on me. I, not because you hired me. You didn't have to, <laughs> you know, kill the budget for techs and ops. It's not me. My fault. No. TC is here. Good evening, TC. They were asking me, TC, are you projecting your voice? I cannot project my voice anymore. I'm projected. I'm fully projected. Uh, we're doing it live. We were not lying the first time around when we said that if you're listening on the podcast, you have no idea what happened. We had very, uh, very, we had to restart the pod on the live uh, portion of this because it did not work out great. Um, we haven't been in the in the kill house in a little while. So listen, we were not, pay the rent. we are not lying when we said uh, we've been, uh, got a great tip that the high noon tequila seltzer is available here in Jacksonville. My guy, Michael was sending it in the DMs. We went down, tracked it found it. Uh, we were we, we told you guys it was probably going to be good. Now we can confirm it is good. I've got the passion fruit one right here. What do you have there, KVV? I got the lime. Lime is delicious. KVV has the lime TC. I got the strawberry. You know I had to do it to him. <laughs> strawberry is my... <laughs> It is my favorite one. I love sipping tequila. Now my favorite seltzer has an option for all of the tequila lovers out there. If you missed that, the strawberry, the lime, grapefruit, passion fruit, 100 calories, gluten-free, no added sugar. The tequila seltzers, they hit the shelves on March 1st. They're rolling out countrywide over the next two months. They're fully available nationwide by May 1st, just in time for summer. You can look for High Noon on Drizzly at your local convenience or liquor store or visit highnoonspirits.com to find it near you. Thank you for sticking with us uh, through this technological adventure both high noon and everyone that's following along live so all right let's run it back uh golf is upside down uh chad ramey is leading the players championship after an eight under par 64 he had gain shots on the field uh in in two of his last 14 starts that were so far this season kv you learned a fun fact about chad ramey today chad ramey became a dad last week uh his wife had a baby and uh that believe their son is named nolan he shared it so he was saying that uh was very excited to, but the golf didn't matter. Now he could just play free and, uh, and without uh, thing. But John, I believe you have a, a thought on this. Well, first of all, we could have a Beta's young son. Oh my God! Wow, the glorious madness is upon us officially. Shout out to Josh Elliott. If he's wherever you are, in a, in a bunker somewhere, he hasn't been seen in years. So I don't know what's up with Josh Elliott. I think he's still getting paid millions of dollars. Yeah. though. I would. I would. Uh, the soliloquy was so bad it ended his career, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, well. You said it earlier that Chad Ramey had a baby. Uh, Chad Ramey's wife had a baby. That's I'm glad we yeah. could correct that Thank on you. the second go around. Uh, I think Chad Ramey was probably thrilled to get back to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, as, a, as a father of two myself. Father of three, yeah. You, you, you feel pretty worn down. You're starting like work starting to look pretty cool uh, after. <laughs> you know what? I will go to the range. Yeah. <laughs> hey, honey, I, uh, I just need to clear my head. I'm going to go bang balls for like to eight hours. You know what? What's going on in my inbox? <laughs> TC did say we're, uh, you know, it's like, ah, guys, I'm going to need to, you know, partition off some time here this summer after we have the baby. And he's like, about two weeks, you're going to be ready to get back. You're going to be ready. For, you're going to be looking for something to do in, in that time period. So he's consistent on that one. 
Uh, he gained 5.8 shots on the greens alone. Uh, how, did, how do you guys feel about the sustainability models as it comes to Chit, Mr. How many, how many thousands of feet of putts did he make? 3,000 feet of putt, putts, I believe it was. Actually, I can get you the number if you're interested. It was 140 feet, 9 inches of putts. That seems like a lot. That Divide that by 18, that's almost, what is that, eight, about 8 feet per hole, something like that? That's a lot. That's <laughs> a lot. I believe I was goofing around on data golf the other day. I don't quite understand where I'm going, so I still need that okay. tutorial. But like the most, like in the era of data golf, the most shots ever gained over a course of a tournament is what like I think it's like eight over the like averaged of the whole like time. the most in a round yeah. I believe like Paul Goidos had one that was just insane at the John Deere that one year yeah. he shot sixty or was that maybe yeah. he, he shoot fifty nine that year I think it was yeah. fifty nine um, I believe also uh, when Jim Ferrick shot. Uh, 58 had a bunch it was like that was eights or something yes exactly so it's it's not the one of the greatest of all rounds of all time putting no. but I it's mean, up there it's like a coal-fired power plant it's, it's like completely unsustainable <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say where is this going <laughs> all right uh well, but, yeah. good, but good for him you know this is what we were talking about you know i hope everybody's riding for chad rainey that they they ought to, all the people who were complaining that we were trying to cancel out cinderella stories i hope that they're hope out you, there hope playing. the ratings crush it and the sustainability mm -hmm. of professional golf just goes through the roof you know i think a win here will give a pj tour another hundred years of runway my, my <laughs> wife is taking freddie our son out tomorrow i told them that they have to go follow chad ramey taylor pendrith they can't follow any of the stars they have to put their money where their mouth is and, and go follow these cinderella stories these underdogs uh, we're, I, I swear we're not dumping as hard on Chad Rainey. I have a few more Chad Rainey facts just because I okay. feel like, you know, he's his first round leader. Sure. This, yeah. this is his debut in the tournament. Uh, he's one of 32 players making his debut. Uh, he is the 11th player to shoot 64 or better in the first round of the Players' Championship since 1983. He's the first to do it since Jason Day in 2016. So that's a pretty, you know, we were talking earlier. We didn't really feel like there was a 64 out there today. It's been a long time since there was a 64 period uh, out there. So, you know, that's that's pretty amazing. Uh, second lowest opening round by a player making his player's debut ever. Uh, 63, Roberto Jesus. Castro was the best. I remember uh, that. that. That was sick. Yeah. <clears throat> this is his second lowest round ever on the PGA Tour. It matches his low round of the season. He shot uh, 64 in Hawaii. So, you know, he's been having some good results at, at the Sony. He's certainly been trending. He hasn't broken 70 in mm -hmm. nine rounds. <laughs> His uh, 5.8 yeah. per round is almost in the top 100 of best strokes gained putting rounds in the since Shotlink came about in 2004. I knew it was a thing. I was uh, I probably ought to have you know prepped you for that. Being our data golf guy, uh, but, real you know, quick, but, do we have to worry about our data golf subscription? I'm like, I feel like we have like seven or eight people. <laughs> I'm not, in. I'm like, not on they it. They might be say. like Netflix, and they're like, you know, data oh, golf's going to start cracking down. I I think for the amount of free plugs they get, I think they're probably okay with it, but. Uh, but he, you know, he's he's uh, won once previously, uh, won the Paras Putacana Championship. Uh, I, I always feel like it's a little bit sort of uh, dismissive when, you know, in the round after after the round, they talked to him and they were like, hey, you know, you've won out here before, so you know what it's like to win. But, you know, it's, obviously that wasn't a particularly strong field and whatever, which, oh, man, like, it's still a PGA Tour field. <laughs> I love that we could have the conversation we just had, and then you can call someone else dismissive. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> he beat he beat plumbers and firemen down in the Dominican Republic. It's like Republic. Back to the Future, where you can do things better the second time around <laughs> and change what you're thinking. But so I, I've struggled with this all day. I I hate handicapping this tournament. I hate handicapping this golf course. I think it's a tremendous golf course. I think it tests the right things. It uh, there's so much shot value out there. You, the bad shots are punished. The good shots are rewarded. Yet I look at this leaderboard and it doesn't look like the top players in the world. You know, um, and so TC, can you help explain that at all? Yeah, I think there's two. I said it earlier. There's two things going on. Um, 
I think first of all, it's round one, right? And guys are there's some there's some heavyweights lurking. You've got Morikawa had a fantastic round today. Um, you know, you got a lot of kind of flies in the ointment there. Um, but also, I think it's probably reflective too of the rank and file PGA Tour events. We've been talking a lot about the rank and file PGA Tour players, but the rank and file PGA Tour events may not put an emphasis on the most well-rounded stuff. It's more skewed towards driving distance, driving distance and you know uh, probably some some long iron or you know some some like wedge play as well, and then a hot putter. And it feels like this is much more of a test of well-rounded game, and you're going to get some weird, wacky shit that happens in a smaller sample size. But I think as we get deeper and deeper into this tournament, uh, we'll see that kind of level out and some of the cream rise to the top. Not, no offense to anyone on the board right now, but also it is refreshing that, you know, every few years you get somebody that kind of like shit, like Colt Nost, you know, with, uh, back 20, 2015 or 2016, um, you know, like guys like that, that like, it's truly a, a, a level playing field at TPC Sawgrass. When driving distance is not a prerequisite, golf looks a lot different, even at the highest level. I mean, we see that at the Dell match play and I, I don't know where Sawgrass ranks in terms of, you know, where on the scale of driving distance it is. It's just slightly below average. It's not like a, an enormous outlier on driving distance, I think. But, uh, yeah, it's it, it ends up with a very confusing leaderboard. I will say, too, that we were talking to some players this week and some of the players who were sort of, you know, in the lower steerage classes of PG Tour. And one of them... Lower steerage <laughs> class. One of the things that someone sort of said in, in a conversation we are having is, like, you know, this is a big week for, like, the top players. But it's a big week, too, for the lower experience because they're playing for a $25 million purse. Like, Dude. that's the biggest purse they're going to play for in their life. Most of those guys aren't in the majors. They're, you know, and they their only chance to sort of really, you know, make a big payday. It's like when you an Uncle Buck when he's got to go make his one big payday at the track. <laughs> you know, like, that's, hey, you know, this is our chance. And so they, they geared up towards this week. So maybe... If you haven't been playing well, but it's all of a sudden like, man, this is the moment where I'm going to actually like make my rise through the ranks. When the guys that are projected to make the cut on the number are projected for fifty six thousand seven hundred twenty eight dollars this week. I mean, anyone in the top forty is making more than a hundred k this week. Top five places pay out more than a million dollars. Like there's a shit ton on the line here. Um, it is weird to have the first players actually be. I mean, we've talked a lot about what Liv has done to golf, and we're not going to start the Liv conversation here, but this is the first player since I've followed the tournament where it is not the best field in golf. Yeah. It is not. Like, it is truly not, right? I mean, we're going to see that in the majors this year, but it is the first time, and the, the designated events have gotten better. Like, all of those events have, their fields have, like, noticeably gotten better, and the players has come down officially. Like, we just don't have all of the top 100 players in the world playing on this in this tournament right now. It's right. a little weird. Yeah, Cam Smith is playing down the street at the yards. That's right. That's the, what we heard. Amy we, Lynch can, we can talk about all the all the designated, non-designated stuff yeah. on the back end. We'll That's talk about players, but I do think But you be feel that a little bit in this tournament, right? We're like, all right, like, what's going to happen next year if, if we have these, the designated events are 70 or 80 guys, and then we come to the players, which is supposed to be a bigger deal than those, and it has... Yeah, more players and more rank and file. Uh, you, you, it's more Kawa comments. The Threadman KVV went, Threadman. went after it on, on Twitter. Uh, the Taylor, I believe, as some people are calling you Thank as you. well. But Thank you. that's much better. If you like the Taylor more, that just means it's going to be the Threadman. That's it's going to be the nickname. Okay. Don't call me the Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what what do you have to say about Morikawa's uh, seven under par sixty five today? Uh, yeah, I walked a little bit, just a couple holes with uh, him, and and I knew sort of I had been thinking on a, a take about him uh, because I sort of had seen him talk about how, look, he was basically getting back to just doing what he does great, which is 
I'm picking my line. I'm hitting a baby fade. Uh, it's you know it's going to hold that line until it sort of just curves a little bit right towards pin. And he kind of was looking around last year at JT and seeing like, oh man, I want to be like a complete player. I want to do what Tiger does, you know. And trying to be like Tiger has probably destroyed a lot of guys' swings or has messed them up in a lot of ways. And so he was trying to hit draws. He was trying to sort of be able to work the ball both ways, get to some different pins, like just, you know, maybe not have the struggles in the wind that he had sometimes. And it kind of like messed with his swing DNA a little bit. And so he was very like adamant after he missed the cut at the Arnold Palmer. It was like a good thing for him. He went home. It would be interesting to have the cut conversation at some point about this. But he went, (laughs) he showed up at Sawgrass on Sunday and was like, I'm going to the back of the range, like where I can be all alone. And I am just going to beat balls for like two hours. And he, hit, he said he hit, like, five or six bags, came back again, did it the next day, and he was just, like, trying to regroove in, like, I am going to hit a fade. I do not care where the pin is. I do not care what the start line, you know, what, what I, the hole calls for. I'm going to hit the shot that I trust, probably with some exceptions, but for the most part. And all of a sudden he was like, man, I feel like it's 2019 again. My swing feels like it's back mm-hmm. to – and so he's pretty excited about it. We'll see if the elements kind of, you know, mess with that a little bit tomorrow, but he's – you know, I, I think maybe sometimes you can have like a, a good putting round that fools yourself into the thing a little bit. Like it was, you know, it was great because he did he hit the eagle that he made. Uh, you know, somebody I think correctly pointed out in my thread, like it was a little wipey. Like it wasn't quite. He didn't nut it like perfectly. He kind of kind of got a good break. Uh, but you know, he made a lot of putts too. And all of a sudden, like shooting six. I, I mean, he, he didn't make that many putts. He was plus one on the greens. Like it's not an, again. It's he was number one in strokes gain approach by more than a shot. Yeah. He was four point two today. That's an absurd That's ball striking yeah, round. That's insane. And like I'm amazed looking back at. I feel like we've kind of gone through this arc with Morikawa. Of he won the two majors. He had you know he won some other big events as well. And it was when he stopped winning them. It was like dude, what's kind of little bit of what's wrong with Morikawa. Sure. His numbers are still incredibly consistent in terms of what he does off the tee, what he does approach. I'm just going to go back to 2019 and list off his stroke skin approach in every season. Plus 1.04, plus 1.04, plus 1.12, plus 0.9 last year. He fell by 0.2 shots. And so far this year, plus 1.09. Like He's been the same exact iron player. The off the tee game has actually gotten a little bit better. The putting's even gotten a little better. Like It's adding up. To his to so far this year has been his best strokes gained season to date. It may come down to the eye test. I don't know what that means, but sure. I don't know what that means either. But, <laughs> you know, uh, he's already won like six majors in my book. Well, yeah, yeah you of course predict him to win eight, right? Yeah, so yep. Almost there. If he wins this, he's, wins he's, this, he's at least he's there yeah. to three, although we don't have ice in the cooler. Oh. We don't. We did not put ice in the Yeti. This is not a major officially. Also, it kind of smells a little bit funny from the last time we were here. I think so. We we did not uh, go steep on that one. But uh, yeah, I mean, his name is obviously popping off the leaderboard. I, I feel like I've picked him each of the last two years here because it should be a freaking perfect golf course for him, and I don't know why it hasn't been. But I think I even said that on the preview pod. I was like, I don't know. He kind of struggles here, and sure enough, that's that's why I hate. Yeah. Trying to predict who's going to play well it's at this part of course. That, though, he was a he little. Has to, like I don't know, like on two or some of those holes where like you do have to work the ball both ways in certain spots. He was a little chippy when people were bringing up the results, as he can sometimes get. He's like, yeah, I mean, people are really focusing a lot on results. I don't really, you know, I mean, I only played her twice. Like I, you know, last year was a weird year. The other year was my first year, so I, you know, I, I kind of like maybe that he's got a little ornery in him. You know, is I wish it, he was chippier. I wish he was like who would let people in a little bit more. He's obviously like super smart guy, but I think I sort of tweeted about this like his his personality is kind of a reflection of his golf game. Like it's just sort of steady, disciplined, efficient. 
doesn't ever give you polished. anything. I mean, Todd Lewis is interviewing him on the Golf Channel, uh, you know, just after the round, and he started saying, you know, well, you know, can you tell me what you're working on? And Mark was like, uh, and Todd's like, well, you don't have to give away all your trade secrets. And he's like, oh, I'm not going to tell you whatever. It's like, dude, like, what are you going to be like? Oh, yeah, I hit a fade, and then, like, somebody's watching me. Oh, I'm going to steal Carl Mark hitting a fade. No, I think that's <laughs> probably, like, he doesn't want them to, like, hone in on that to become a thing. Like, oh, he's, you know, he's working on this. Oh, that means he's struggling with this, and then mm-hmm. he's going to get asked about it again tomorrow. Like, how are you addressing your chipping and blah, blah, blah. I think he's given away so much what he's – his he walks you through – what he's got going on with putter, yeah. what he's got going on with the short game, what he had going on Kapalu with the chipping action and all that stuff. And it gets to a point where it's like, dude, you go flip on live from and Brandel's breaking down his putting technique yeah. and all that stuff. I'm sure he's just like, the more you offer up, the more it's going to get critiqued a little bit and probably doesn't get rewarded. I remember I asked, I asked Spieth that once. I was like, do you feel like, ever feel like you talk too much? He's like, oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> he's like, they, they, it pretty much opens you up to like all kinds of criticism. He's like, it's like, that's going to change. It didn't change. Like, it's like a choose your own adventure. Like, all right, <laughs> what do I want to be asked about? I'm, like, you could almost use that to your advantage though. Be like, yeah, like, I'm, I'm putting some of the best you know, in my life right now. And like your putting strokes or your your putting stats are awful. And it's like, you know, so people start asking you about that and you almost (laughs) will it into existence. Right. Like you with your driving, the generational driving. Oh, you guys should see the way I heard he was talking talking about today. He was like, I am, I am just murdering the ball. I was like, wow. Um, Rounding out the top five right now, we have Taylor Pendrith T3. Justin Saw is looking at a 28-foot eagle putt on 16, and he is five under as well. Ben Griffin is five under. Min Woo Lee, Adam Svensson, Christian Bezadenhout, Denny McCarthy all in the top six. Uh, it does tell you that there's a long, long way to go with this golf tournament. But Min last Wu year Lee. was a weird leaderboard. Too. I mean, it was a super yeah. weird weather year, but it was a, it's a very weird results in this tournament last year, it too. It was pretty benign out there the wind kind of switched around midday it was coming out of the northeast and then it started coming out of the southeast uh kind of cooled off around midday too but uh minwoo lee had all sorts of shit going on with his leg had a cramp you hit you hit him with your favorite gif ever the (laughs) soccer player getting the what is that 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 shot what is the spray it's like a numbing spray yeah Yeah, Yeah. he he needed a little bit of that because he had a cramp going on there but um what else? What, uh, what what jumped off the page for what you guys uh, what you guys saw out there in person? It's again like 64, 65, 66. Those are really good rounds. Um, it seemed like par was not a great score, but like anything under par today was good. So to see those guys, I'll be shocked if those guys can keep up the pace. I think. What do you guys think? Like I think probably six or seven under is probably leading. Yeah. After tomorrow. I would, I would think so. Probably. We're supposed to have some thunderstorms in the afternoon. Uh, it's supposed to be cloudy in the morning. The showers have kind of fallen off of the forecast for tomorrow morning. So I think we're good there, but um, and not too too gusty until the thunderstorms roll around. I walked a little with Spieth and JT and the pro Max, and uh, it was fun to sort of see them manage their emotions a little bit. JT was pretty frustrated out there, uh, and as someone who gets frustrated myself <laughs> which is documented on film coming up soon as you will see oh man no <laughs> jt and i we have some history but we're very like emotionally <laughs> apparently we are very similar golfers he's able to control it better than i am so uh you know we'll see but he was he was obviously very hot under uh the collar a little bit i feel like you get it out though Okay. He just lets it simmer, and he just gets that resting bitch face going. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna grab another high noon. I will get you one. Um, what do you want? Uh, I gotta say, uh, Scotty Scheffler, you know, played okay. It's hanging around. He's my pick. Uh, I, I 
we've been you know asking you know what would be a nickname for Scotty, I, I a guy who uh, covers you know sports out in Montana. Shout out to me and Cody. Victor Flores came up with I think a great name. We should call him the Bobber. You know, and everybody who was like, you know, used to go out fishing when they were a kid, you'd put a little bobber on your things to see if the he just rises to the surface. He's le- he's smaller than the buoy, but he's the, I think the bobber's a sick name. So thank indicator. you, Victor, for that. The problem with that is so many people call Rom the buoy. I just I think it's going to be confusing for most of the world. Really, I mean, yeah. at this point, eight billion people. I think it's just going to be hard to keep that straight. It's pretty but, wild. Yeah. Scheffler's currently like four four and a half or five to one to win. And he's three, four back after round one. Yeah. But I think it's Ra- Ra- Ramey's thirty-five to one, and Morikawa is like three to one right now. <laughs> what would what would you have to do? You know, what would the odds have to be for you to have wanted to bet on Chad Ramey to win this tournament? Like right now, Vision fun, yeah. It would have to be at least one hundred and fifty to one. <laughs> one hundred and fifty to one. I swear to God, no, I'm, I'm not. Like, I'm not kidding. One hundred fifty to one. Okay. I mean, he, he could go on an unbelievable heater. This could be his Craig Perks heater. All right, you want to hear the last. The last few times he's kind of gone out and gotten it in round one. Yeah, hit me. It's not. It's not good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Is he a, like an Icarito situation? AT and T Pebble Beach Pro Am back yeah. in February. Yeah. Sixty five, seventy six, seventy three, seventy five. Now, granted, that's on different golf courses and whatnot. Sony shot sixty eight, seventy. Um, he did play well in Vegas. He shot at the Shriner, 67-66, and then cooled off on the weekend. But there's just nothing yeah. to indicate that. I, I, I teed this up. It's too much fun stuff happened today to be going down the results page of Chad Ramey right now. Let's let's go. We're going to hone it back in on, on some of the golf we saw today. I'm just Chad gonna... Ramey wins. He goes from 174th in the FedEx Cup to 20th. You win the players, and you only <laughs> go get to, to 20th. 20th. I believe he'll be maintaining status if that comes uh, comes about. Rory McIlroy, three over par, uh, four over par, par seventy six so. today. Um, uh, just uh, there was a huge. They, they opened up live from tonight or Golf Central, whatever it was, breaking it down. Rory for about ten minutes here, saying he's yeah. overdone it. He's uh, you know he's he's fatigued. Is, is Paul McGinley was saying he is fatigued. Are, are we buying that at all? Mm, I mean, I think you're allowed to have a sort of an off uh, week, right? I, I mean, Rory did say like it, he would like to get back to you know just focusing on golf. And so maybe what he needs is kind of a week off. Uh, I don't know. It's going to be, he'd have to probably shoot a pretty good score tomorrow to get to, you know, one under or think or one over, which might be the cut line looked like. So I, I don't, I don't want to beg on him too hard just because it's, it's not a golf course where he's had like a ton of success, obviously one here once, but it's not a place where like, he's just show up and be like, yeah, I've seen him keep, you know, WD plenty of, or not WD, but like, trunk slam here several times that I've been covering the tournament yeah. when he's done that. So, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, he's, he's been putting a lot into like seven hour meetings to sort of talk to the players. We don't need to sort of rehash that stuff, but he's been working hard and whether you agree with it or not, like the tour is reflecting a lot of what his vision is. And so, yeah, maybe now he will get a chance to focus on golf and maybe that starts tomorrow. He worked hard on the range after the round. Mm-hmm. He stuck around and, he I'll stuck around Wednesday. He played nine holes. We walked a few holes with him yesterday, and we were, he just stood by the green talking for another 30 minutes probably after he finished. And I, well, as we're walking off, I'm like, I was like, dude, how are you How are you doing? Like, how's your energy? He's like, I'm fine. Like, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. But he really was totally like, dude, I'm not – waste management, he looked a little fatigued. Right. Sure. And it, it felt like uh, – I don't know if the good week at Bay Hill kind of re-energized him or whatnot, but he's – Do you think he seems ready trying to, take to it on. trick himself into thinking he's fine? No, he really did seem – I mean, he just – you can you can tell when somebody's trying to get away from a conversation, and it wasn't that at all. I yeah. mean, he was talking about anything under the sun, and wasn't really necessarily even all the all the stuff we people worked up about. I think tomorrow will be a fun round to go watch him. Where it's sure. he's off late. 
Um, and it's either like I think he's going to be going at pins and trying to shoot 65 tomorrow, right? It, it's going to be, little, hey, uh, I need to shoot my way back into this tournament or go out in a blaze of glory. That's a fun round to watch, little, I think. A little frustrated with the driver. He made some comments after the round about it. He did. Uh, his comment said, he said, uh, yeah, obviously I went to that new driver in Riviera, and it's not, you know, yeah, look, I wish I could use my driver from last year, but I just can't because of use a driver for so long, it starts to get a little too, basically it wouldn't pass the test. So he's basically hit that. Um, that's end quote. Ooh, Basically, that's, ooh, that's hot. He's uh, the driver. He's hit it too many times that uh, you know the face wears a little bit thin and doesn't pass the COR test. And he then continues. He said the driver heads are so finicky, uh, it's hard to get one exactly the same. Yeah, I mean, I'm obviously I'm trying my best trying to get something that's as close to what I had last year. Yeah, just struggled a little bit off the tee the last couple of weeks. But if you look at it, I mean, today I don't know. Again, it's a summary of all of your tee shots, not just your drivers you hit, but he gained shots off the tee today. He was positive a stroke off the tee, which is. A lot. It was around the greens and putting. He lost uh, five and a half shots there, which on this golf course, though, can be a miss in the wrong spot, can really affect your strokes gain around the greens because you can end up on a mogul or in a bunker that's just totally dead. Strokes gain doesn't really evaluate that, so it's hard to say. Like fun pins out there today, too. There were some really good pins. Pin on 16 was fun. The pin on four was fun. Front right pin on four in the thinnest part of the green led to some really, you had to take on a lot of risk with the approach shots. JT from the middle of the fairway pushed his out to the right. He's in the rough. Gets way too much ball, chips it back into the water, has to re-hit from the same spot, almost hold the next one. But that was just like, man, there were so many shots we saw. We watched JT on nine today. Uh, he hits a, a fairway wood out of the, you know, from the fairway from from way back trying to get on the green, but kind of bails it out to the right, pushes to the right, it fades on him. And it's just a golf course, man, where like there's just a there's a trade-off for everything. Like you want to bail here. Here's what you're going to deal with. You're on the downside of these moguls. These are not mounds around the greens. These are huge moguls that I'm not sure how well that pops on TV, but you're watching one of the best short game guys around the world trying to get one to stay on the green from greenside on a par five. Couldn't do it. Goes in the bunker, chips the next one. He's totally dead in, from the left bunker, chipping on a downslope uh, to that pin. Goes way past, makes bogey from the middle of the fairway. Like that was TPC Sawgrass in a nutshell. Yeah, I saw Jason Day try. He, he was playing really well. He had it to four under. He was trying to hit like just a basic punch out from the kind of woods on sixteen. Hit it and just kept running, running, running into the water. Like when even punch outs are yeah. hard, it's kind of that shows you what the golf course is. Tests. Max almost punched into the water on eleven, nice. and he almost drove it in the water on nine. Like it's just a lot going on with that golf course right now. Um, a lot to talk about here. But again, our friends at Roback are back for another year. I have a, this is not in the copy as well. We have long ragged on Troy Merritt for a long time the for pastor. his fits. I want to thank Roback. For the profit. I want to thank Roback because he is fitted out in Roback now. I saw Troy Mayer and I didn't almost didn't recognize him because it didn't, you know, it wasn't the bad shirts that he usually wears. He's wearing Roback now. He knows the performance polos that I'm wearing right now, as you can see, fit way better than typical boxy polos. The collar does not lose its shape. The four-way stretch material is soft. Their Q-zips are fantastic. I wore one out there today. A bird shat on it. Listen, that's not Roback's fault, but that happened a little bit, so I'm not wearing it right now. That's, that's good luck. You know, that's, I did not know that. Oh yeah, yeah. I feel like that's just something people tell you. Like it's like, oh, it rained on your wedding day. That's good luck. Like no, it's no, not. no. Just... I think in like Italian culture, it's like good luck. Oh really? How'd the first live show go tonight? I don't think our luck is really is really been very How's good. How's it tonight. going now? It's going great. <laughs> thank you, KBV. The when, performance hoodies <laughs> are the, some of the most comfortable hoodies we've ever worn. They're soft. They're stretchy. You can use code NLU at Roback.com. For 20% off your first order, that's 20% off polos, Q-zips, hoodies, and tees with code NLU. Kick off 2023 right with Roback. Roback.com. I love that we used the ad to shit on a guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, we we thanked Roback 
for yeah, getting him in good fit. Yeah. us to the stuff that we had to see prior. That was not in their copy yeah. for anyone. Uh, that, that was that was editorialized <laughs> comment there. So. <laughs> um, what else did you guys see today that was noteworthy? I got a few other things if you'll if you'll have me. Please. I, I thought the pin on 17, we were talking about pins. I thought the pin on 17 was awesome. Pin on 17 on the front was really good. It was a uh, just seemed like a very fair trade-off. There were some really accessible pins on some of the holes if you execute the shots. And, like, the pin back right on eight today was like, dude, good. I, I think at one point the closest ball all day was, like, 25 feet. I don't know if it ended up uh, finishing that way. but I love eight. No it's not the best the hole out there. Hole, of course. It's just so, I don't know. It's so long. It's so hard. I mean, like, you got hidden, you know. 240 into that. I mean, with a pin is like tucked behind the bunker. Come on. I don't know. You need one good, yeah, like you need one good meaty par three. It's not, I don't think it's brilliantly designed. Uh, you know, there's not a whole lot to the hole, but I don't know. You got to have one. Well, they got 13 and 17 are both really kind of short par threes That's and fair. three is kind of a mid. I, I get the idea behind it. It's not like the most fun hole to watch though, but it's a, it's a, you know, a, a test it's you got to pass. Like, you got to like step up, grab yeah. your sack and hit a golf shot. Yep. Like, I mean, we saw two radically different groups crumb through, like Zalatoris, uh, Zalatoris, Xander, and uh, Kitayama, and they none of them even sniffed the green. And then JT, Spieth, and Max come through, and all three of them hit it to you know thirty feet, and like they were great shots. I think I've finally reached this the point where um, when I watch when I see Max in a feature group like this, it doesn't feel like a promotion. It's like, oh yeah, he's he's one of those dudes. I know he doesn't have the major titles to to hang with JT and Spieth, but like how he's been beating them at golf for the better part of a year, year and a half now, if you will. Um, and it just at no point did I was I like, oh, this is like, let's see if Max has it, see if he can hang with the big boys. Like, no, he is he is one of those dudes. Now. J- JT and Jordan were walking like deep in conversation when I was walking with him and Max is kind of by himself. And I wanted to be like, I'll walk with you. If you want to be your buddy, you need a buddy for, you know, <laughs> is this, this could be our Netflix show here. Like, <laughs> uh, Max has the sound when he hits like long irons, uh, yeah. it has like a reverberating sound that you watch a couple other groups come through. Like we can kind of get used to it when we've watched him as much as we have, but like watch a few other groups come through and then like Max group comes through. It's like, Oh man, like he, he sends the crowd into the ooh and awe yeah. at, a, at a, I mean, maybe he's just got more, you know, he's got more people following him now, but <clears throat> his like low fade is so yeah. cool to watch in person. Like it's just, it's such a, you know, people talk about a slingy draw. It's like a slingy fade. It is it's really beautiful to watch. Um, I, and guys, I'm, I, I have to say it. I like what I'm seeing out of Jordan Spieth. I'm not afraid to say, it. I'm not afraid to tweet about it. I don't care what you haters have to say about it. I will tweet about it. I Whoa. will have my voice heard about this. Okay. He hit some great shots today. Yeah. I actually stopped myself though. He birdied uh, 10, 11 and 12. I was like, this is when I would usually send the tweet and I know it's going to happen. It. Hits it over 13 green. And I was like, and he get, he hits this, this pitch off a down slope out of semi rough landing on a down slope, getting onto the green and it's all downhill from there. And I still don't understand how he spun it. Like it was the kind of golf shot that, like, I'll I'll think about like tonight as I and it's the kind of golf shot that you get uh, only in in person experience, right? Like yeah. I, if you saw that on TV, wouldn't look like anything. I would not have been amazed at a ball kind of checking up a little bit, but I saw how far he was leaning on that front foot and how easy he made it look to spin one and hold it, and he, it went down to six and a half feet. He made the putt. And I was like, that was the bogey that he would have made if I'd have tweeted. So I, I I'll, I'll fire it off now. Bogeyed 14. Bogey the next hole. I still got it. I'm still the cooler. Uh, made an awesome birdie, though, in 16. Shot three under par, I, and he looks good. I think his, his birdie, that bunker shot he hit on 11, might be the shot, oh. shot of the tournament so far. Like, that was – to be able to hit that to 
two feet or whatever it was at, at a swing it was that hard. So far back. Yeah, and up on that little <laughs> ledge. Oh my God. Go find that if you haven't seen it yet. The one he hit was, on nine out of the pine straw was yeah. exceptional. He too. had thirty seven yards to the hole um on the eleventh and hit it to one feet five inches. Like it was up it was up over a ridge, down to a hollow, and up another ridge to a back pen that went to a foot and a half. So if you read my little thread on Twitter, if you're listening to whatever, I was talking about the difference between artists and mechanics and how Morikawa is kind of a mechanic. Like he can do like his best golf is played when he's like sort of doing the same thing over and over the discipline, the sort of willingness to, you know, to trust what he's doing. Spieth is an artist. Like he's an artist in the same way that like Seve was an artist. And it probably has not a lot in, in common in any way with Seve in terms of the personality, but man, they both see like this canvas of just like, all right, I can do this like unbelievable, crazy thing. I, I don't have to sort of play the sort of discipline safe shot. Cause that's not how my brain works. Mm. I don't know shit about the golf swing. I don't know how to critique pros golf swings at all. So that's the preface. But I, I like where Spieth's got it slotted right now. Okay. I feel like he works really hard to figure out where the slot is, and I don't feel like he's laboring it to get it in the right spot. I watched him hit a wedge into one today that was just like, oh, dude, that looks exactly like how you're supposed to swing a golf a golf club. And I've not felt that way watching him very frequently over well, the he, last couple of he years. Was, I mean, I will say, I know this from hearing him. I'm not an expert on the golf swing either, but he was talking about how he was working on those weird changes at the beginning of the year where he felt like his elbow was flying out too much, and so he was trying to get it sort of more collapsed. And now, and connected he, to the yeah, body. connected. He's now he feels more comfortable with that. It's honestly, we went, DJ and I were at a Titleist shoot with him uh, prior to Riviera. I think this content will come out eventually, but Titleist did a, a little thing where they had DJ interview Spieth about how do you hit like a draw, how do you hit a fade or whatever. It was the most amazing. <laughs> to, be, to be clear, our, our, our DJ, our DJ not Dustin Johnson. Because <laughs> yes. there's, be there's that epic Dustin Johnson. So the key to hitting a fade, fade is you got to fade it. But he, I mean, Spieth broke it down. Like, this is how Hogan would hit a draw, and that's kind of how I do, and this is how Tiger does it. And I realized that I'm not that kind of person. I have to sort of just turn through the show. I mean, I couldn't explain it in a great way, but if you are someone who, like, obsesses about the golf swing you are going to just absolutely geek out over the way that he talks about it because it's like listening to freaking picasso talk about like this is how i paint you know this is what i do he speaks the best um his, his ball striking numbers were not insanely good today but he just you know we're I, just we're just we're just trying uh, to the, the eye test the eye yeah. test was really good on his ball striking but his putting numbers were good he gained over two shots on the greens today looked way more comfortable tc i gotta give you credit you were saying he's got to get off poa got to get off the west coast or whatnot uh, i didn't think he looked good on the bermuda last week at bay hill but this looks a lot better and but, i hope but it's, he said those were just misreads it okay. wasn't the stroke last week he was like i hit the ball exactly where i was trying to i just they're Couldn't putting on a crack. Freedom. I'm sorry. Being, what is the grass? Is it past Pelham here? It's, it's rye yeah. on top of Bermuda. Okay. So it's mostly rye in there. Right but now. you can see that like, there's been such a hot winter here that the Bermuda is really coming through, especially in the rough areas where they've got it mowed down a little bit. It's like you can a ball can nestle on the bottom of that Bermuda. And They did call it today on ESPN+. Plus. They said it's invisible green. Visible, I actually think it is visible because if you look at the greens now, there's shine in the, oh, in know, the different but, areas. Yeah, but they were like, yeah, like there's green there. You can't see it. It's invisible, but there's green there, and it's like, I don't think it's there. Like it's it's either there or it's not. And if it, if there's green, you can see it, and if there's not, you can't. I will disagree with that because I think when greens get top dressed a little bit or get tined in any pot in any way or any any kind of green fertilizer that gets laid on them that you can't see the way the grass is laying, I lose my shit on Bermuda. I can't. Find the green. I, I, you can get near the hole and see yeah. where the rough edge of it is. If you don't play on Bermuda grass, you probably have no idea what we're talking about here. But grass tends to lay down in specific ways on Bermuda. And when you can see it, it makes putting super easy. Insanely easy, I think. When you can tell, 
exactly what the grain is doing. It helps you it helps you with tiebreakers on what you think a putt is going to do. And when it's hidden, it is freaky. And that's why you'll if you you'll see guys when they get really confused on some putts, it might be like you at certain times you cannot see the grain. I just straight up just try not to play golf on Bermuda. That's just kind of my, my I love I've gotten I love Bermuda now. I've gotten used to, I don't like chipping off of it, but I love putting on it. I gotta be honest, guys. I just try to look at the line. I don't think about the grass at all. <laughs> you like, try to yeah. bear the line in the speed. <laughs> yeah. You might want might can we, think can we about run it. down the leaderboard a okay. bit just just to knock off? I feel bad. Sure. Taylor Pendrith shot sixty seven. Ben I Griffin. Did the, I said these I said all these. Ben Griffin's story cannot be told enough. Like it's, Tell it again. What is it? it? Listen, he's out there. He's doing it. <laughs> I don't quite know exactly what it was. He basically gave up the game, and he was, like, selling insurance. So like, People are saying, Mr. TC, you know, have you heard of this Ben Griffin? <laughs> Apparently, I, again, it cannot be told enough because I still don't fucking remember. remember it. <laughs> uh, Sam Burns, how about? Showing up on the board. What a the story. His story well. cannot be told yeah. in a while. Justin Suh. Yeah. I think they should look at a potential penalty. For him overnight here tonight. Let's look Ooh. at the video. Whoa. The tour's social account. Okay. Just for for, for clarity's sake, a bit of a comedic bit on your part is no, a backstopping incident. Like, it's not a penalty. The fucking field, man. It's not a penalty. Just That's, to be clear, we're not sending man. people to go review his shots other than to let him say try. it was a scuzzy move. I like Justin Sarr. I think he's a yeah. great player and like he's got a fantastic career ahead of him. But like the guy in your in your group needs to mark his fucking ball if it's a foot from the hole. I agree with you. Out of a bunker, it's ridiculous. It's like, not a just for some, the people that don't, do not know the rules. Though I'm some clarifying respect for the field. <laughs> Hold up, let him cook. Let him cook. Uh, it so, is not a rule violation to backstop. It's just coming. Okay. That is just. It's only a rule violation to collude. Correct. To have an agreement, unspoken or spoken. So we don't know if if <laughs> if it should be a penalty. Investigate or not. whether or not there was an unspoken agreement is what you're asking them to yes, do. Yes, correct. And uh, get to the bottom of Ben Griffin's story while you're at it. <laughs> I'm going to go talk to Ben Griffin. I'm going to be like, people keep telling me that your story can't be told enough. So let's tell it. Let's get into it right now. Uh, no, Sam Burns. I want to talk about Sam Burns. Okay. He's been kind of stinky for a while. Uh, not not been great this year. Uh, and so Bermuda like, Burns? A, a pretty good uh, little bit of a, a showing, showing up alive again. I mean, Sam Burns is like, you know, looked like a future star a lot of times earlier in his career. So I'm happy to see him getting back. He's got a super way out of line um, strokes gained approach going on. And he had a horrible, horrible week last week. He lost four and a, almost four and a half shots on approach shots alone. I don't know if that means a ton of water balls or what happened exactly last week. But, I mean, if you look at his, if you want to say what's wrong with Sam Burns, you go to his page. It's like, dude, what happened to your iron play? I'm not really sure. His yeah. putting is still incredible. Still driving. He's driving it about as good as he ever has. Just the iron play has fallen off really, really hard. But, yeah, he was trending. He was gaining, like, and you know, a lot of shots year over year over year over year, and now he's, he's regressed back to about what he was in uh, in 2020. So something to keep an eye on. I'm excited Lin to Wu see Lee, that. 68. It was a cramp? Confirmed as a cramp? I believe so. Okay. Hopefully you get some physio action. I love when they bring the physio in <laughs> out there. It's the best. How great is it that Min Wu Lee and Minji Lee are both, like, Maybe if you could be like a top 50 player golfer in the world and might not be the best golfer in your family. Like the, the, the fact that they are each like among the best golfers of their gender is like kind of bonkers. And they both have like the most aesthetically pleasing, pleasing swings, swings in the yeah. world. It's crazy. Uh, someone was tweeting at me saying, go check out. If you want to see like an artist at work, like go check out Min Woo Lee. Like oh, definitely like a shaper of the ball. Like someone yeah. who can move Oh, dude, some of the it. Instagram yeah. videos of him yeah. flighting a three iron or whatnot. Um some some uh, wonderful. Uh, I think NBC kind of really. We'll do a little Hamsterdam here in a in a very very positive way here shortly. But 
they were really steering into and the PGA Tour Twitter account on some some disasters that happened out there. Not quite love to the level of Surf Pro uh, cleanups that were that were needed, but you needed Nick, Surf Pro earlier. Tonight. Yeah, we needed them. But <laughs> that first take was like it never even happened. Uh, Nick Watney had a four putt quad on seventeen. And apparently, they just drove drove the bus over him, reversed it back, and drove it over him again as that happened. Like, why is Nick Watney in the field? We can talk about that. Let's save that for the back end. Straight up, man. He's earned his way in. Aaron Wise gets to 17T, and he is even par? Is that right? Do I have that right? Maybe he was one over par. He hits it in the water on 17, and he makes a bogey. Then he steps up. He was one over par when he got to 17. Makes bogey on 17 after hitting the water. Steps up to 18. Hits a tee shot in the water. Retees. Hits another one in the water. Retees. Hits another one in the water. Finally, blows one right, uh, gets up there and makes, I believe, a one-putt 10 uh, to finish his round at 80 after going to the 17th hole at one over par. If you're listening on the pod, I'm doing the Chrissy Teigen face. (laughs) (laughs) It just it seems like Aaron Wise is a great driver of the ball, great ball striker, and has been a horrible putter. He's addressed the putting with, I believe, the broomstick, and he he was sixth in putting today and dead last, obviously, in ball striking after pumping, uh, you know, Three balls, four balls in the water on the last two holes. Is that like minus five strokes gain driving on one hole? I think it only counts as four. I think, but uh, I could. I mean, he was so. So that's so like that's how it works, though. Like he lost four strokes to the field driving on that hole, or three point eight, or whatever. He he lost uh, off the tee. He lost six shots, six point one shots. So I mean, he's hitting seven off the team. Four of them were on that hole, at least. No, he lost six on eighteen. Oh, just on eighteen. On eighteen, lost six point one shots off the tee. That's a that's a costly. I mean, when you lie six on the tee, I think that's that's your minus six. That should be the easiest explainer of strokes gained possible. It's like Peter Uline in the live event a few weeks ago. (laughs) TC, you're the only one watching that, but. Another like super inverted one was Sahit Tagala is as as near the bottom of driving on almost a, on a weekly basis. Yet he puts the lights out. He was second in driving today, hundred yeah. thirty third in putting. Killing me, you're uh, killing me, Sahit. We got. I, what did he I, finish at? He is uh, t nineteen two hundred par. So he's he's, yeah. he's right there in this. I've, so. I've made my prediction that Jason Day is going to win this year. Sahit is going to win this year. I I'm whole I'll completely believe it. Made me it's like a lower tier event or whatever, but he's he's totally gonna win this year. Out on a limb on that one. On that I'm one. I'm so kidding. overwhelmed. There's I so think we've all done that exactly. I'm calling it right here. Sahith's gonna win. I just want it on the record. Okay, Dang, dang it! I, okay. I, I just joined like a month ago. Sahith. I don't have as much freaking stuff on the record as you guys. There's like 31 guys at minus two or better. Like I, I don't know how I'm supposed to go out down the leaderboard under these conditions. I think we can move on to <laughs> so in a group. Your boy Justin Rose is uh, is Team on. Rose, you know, like pushing for that Ryder Cup uh, yeah. spot. Team Rose, I feel, I feel like the Aussies played well today. Harrison Endicott, Jason Day, um, Cam Davis played well. I've decided, you know what? I've decided I'm going to be the. We, people say we agree too much on too much stuff. I'm going to ride for Keegan Bradley. I'm going to be the oh, guy at NLU God. who's pro Keegan Bradley. Fuck all y'all. He did a great <laughs> interview with Dylan DeShare this week. We talked about like the anxiety of being like an athlete and like some of the shit that he sort of felt like he struggled with after that. I, I'm pro Keegan. Even though his, his buddy, his best buddy, Brendan Steele, left the tour. I, I, I bet he's got even more anxiety now. That's fine. Best friend I, like, I like Keegan. I'm pro Keegan. I think this is just performative. Can you, can Bring you, it on. It's not performative. Can, Cody, can you play the uh, In Memory of KVV tribute as we... Uh, <laughs> as we I will remember. Uncle Phil, J- DJ Jazzy Jeff, throw him out the A couple the other porch. guys. We got Denny McCarthy played well. Christian Bezadenhout. Adam Svensson played well. This this would seem like a good 
good course for Adam Svensson. Who could say? Who who could say? Uh, I, I think we save go all oh, let's go down the leaderboard C-Wo? tomorrow night. See what Kim time. No, he's doing it. Well, why did you just blow right past my guy Ryan Armour or Ryan Palmer? Mr. Palmer. Yeah, exactly. I don't see right Mr. under Palmer. your nose. You got to go, go up T19. to the top. T nineteen. I'm not down to T nineteen yet. I'm still on T six. Oh, oh, excuse me. Or, or this T- is the T- third T- time we've gone down the board though. <laughs> <laughs> Nate Lashley playing well. Uh, nobody wants to see that. Uh, <laughs> Victor Holland. Cody and I were out on putting green today. Luke, Lucas Glover and. Zalatoris oh, were, were practice putting next to each other. Two Cody great, and I two were like, great putters. <laughs> yeah. Zalatoris was doing the T drill. Okay. And just going straight, like just looked like a normal putting shot. It, re- it like, looked hey, really good. How's that possible? Guys, are we in the nest? I was stunned by his answer when I asked him about the putting stroke. I thought he would be completely self-aware. Like, he seems like a very self-aware guy. I thought he'd be like pretty joking about it. And like, yeah, this is my strategy now. Like this is what I got he did not did not care for the fact that it was being poked fun of his, his close range putting stroke. The, the the mental demons are definitely there. But we were basically saying we're like, yeah, they should put a curtain up, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like they do for the horses. They should put the blue the blue curtain from the tiger presser. Yeah, we thought Cantley was gonna go build some walls out there. <laughs> I went to Home Depot this morning at nine a.m. Was Cantley there? I was looking for. Okay. I went to the Dewalt's. There's so much Ryobi shit in, in Home Depot. I think Dewalt's more of a, a Lowe's thing. I didn't realize Home Depot opens at 6 a.m. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. People That's where like, the their project's going. Yeah. yeah. The contractor's got to be getting on the job. I bet, I bet Cantley was. People was start work at 6 a.m., TC. <laughs> you know that, right? I, I started work this morning at about 7.15 and then realized I needed more more tools. Speaking <laughs> of, of, of you know, work starting at 7.15, 144-person field in March. Justin uh, didn't finish fit 16 holes today. No weather issues. Not at all. Ooh. If we're going to talk about uh, kind of – it, t- it was the most benign day it could have been out Horribly, there. Horribly, incredibly benign. If people wonder why we don't maybe need ex- these fields this big in golf, that is the example today. Like he couldn't finish even, the golf. 144 is not even the biggest field they max. It, uh, Can we get into a little quotes now, or do we have any other players insight from today? Taylor Montgomery, not shocked to see him playing well. Another putting round. How about the buoy? I mean, I feel like we should talk a little bit about him. He's still struggling a little bit with the driver. Like it's, uh, I thought, I thought for sure he would sort of be on a, you know, this would be fixed. He'd be, it was a little blip at uh, at Palmer, and then this he'd be back. But it was putting. I mean, he lost two strokes on the green today. Okay. He was he was not the the best driver, but he hit nine of fourteen fairways. You know, sixty fourth in driving today. It's really, uh, he he referred to it afterwards. Said he just hit a bunch of lips. No one hits more lips than than Rom, as we know. But I have a feeling he'll be rising tomorrow. Like, will you apologize for saying Doug Gim was a horse for course? Here. I will. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> he shot 80. That's just what the data says. It wasn't an eye test thing. You're a slave thing. to the damn data, man. Listen, I just, all I did, I didn't pick him. All I did was tell you that's the dude that jumps off the page. That was to set the example of like, dude, this course is a freaky golf course. Like, I don't know what to tell you that that means. I have some concerns. Uh, nobody was riding for Doug Gim. Do not put this on me. Doug Gim's dad. I'm riding for Doug Gim's dad. <laughs> Uh, I got some concerning a concerning observation. Okay, is Cooch back? <laughs> His short game is so good. I think he's like leading the. Uh, I was looking it up the other day. It's like he's gaining like almost like a stroke on the, around the greens. T seven at Sony, and then solo eighth at Genesis. Didn't play well last week. Cooch is playing some golf. Playing well this yeah. week. Yeah, it's, it's it's concerning. I do not need the Cooch back in my life. Man, it was a it was a pretty 
pretty sweet day out there. Not too hot. I and mean, a little bit warm at times, but it's a freaking awesome golf tournament to, to go to. We've been saying this well before we got on the PGA Tour payroll of just it uh, <laughs> it's it's not like waste management, like overcrowded. It doesn't I wouldn't it does not come close to feeling like a major. It does not. It is just like a very good fan experience. I've been hard on them in the past with their bathroom situations, been very, very, very poor. They got that addressed. No problem reaching the restrooms today. Refreshed. So much good food out there. So many good local restaurants. Got Homespun today. Uh, if you're going to the tournament, I would highly recommend the Sweet Heat at, at Homespun behind uh, 16 Green, behind 17 T. Of- Where was this 19? recommendation day when I was eating crummy fajitas in the media center? What I was I was out there with Hannah. Like, I was busy. Steak okay, was so rare. It was not great. It was the most rare flank steak I think I've ever seen. Yeah. Anyway. Anyways, it's an awesome event. Sarge and I went in the... Uh, in, in the merch tent today, they had a DJ. It was a lot bumping in there. <laughs> Spinning. Bumping in there. It was an enormous. It, you, <laughs> to clarify, not Dustin Johnson. No. <laughs> or an nor, actual nor, DJ. Nor our DJ. <laughs> nor our DJ. That's right. Yeah. That merch tent was so somebody on a slide can say, this is how many square feet our merch tent we is this activating. year. It was enormous. Yeah. It was so big. I got some haters in my mentions asking where, why I'm always on these pods and where DJ and, and – uh, Neil and Randy are. That'll be revealed in good time. Yeah. All right. Just How? understand that we're we're aware of it. And we have a strategy this year. We're 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 you know we can't all dedicate all of our resources to the golf tournaments that are going on all at once. We might be kind of trying to kill two birds with one stone. Maybe just be a little patient Maybe with it. If you're with one stone. if you don't you don't like listening to me, I'm, I, you know what? I'm not fucking leaving. <laughs> I'm not fucking leaving. I'm gonna be here, guys. How far back is too far back? Uh, wow, we're already playing how far back. I uh, will say, uh, before I answer that, uh, KVV and I already recorded a, uh, a a deep dive into another major championship year. Oh, yeah. Read an article in this year. It's over 30 years ago. First first line of the of the article I read in, the, of course, the Eugene Herald or whatever yeah, it is. How far Chicago. back is too far back? <laughs> um, Hell yeah. Too far back is plus three. Okay. You'd have to shoot. If you shot 65, if you were plus three. So Rory's out of it. He's done. You Rory's not going to win the tournament. That, I think that's probably fair. Yeah. If Rory shoots 65. Replay that all you want if he does. I don't know. I'd be thrilled if, if he Rory does. If Rory shoots 65 tomorrow, that gets him to minus three. Yeah. You think that's. Which that was. Usually that's our job to go say, ah, Rory goes out and you never know. <laughs> Dude, you're going like, to be sending up the fucking sirens. Rich Lerner literally was like, yeah, if he shoots 65 tomorrow, he's going to be three under. I was like, ah, like, I mean, he just shot 76. Like, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Let's, 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 well, let's why, why are we talking here. about Rory? Uh, Max McGreevy caught some drive-bys from you earlier this week. I just want to say he's he's minus two. What were the drive-bys? You were like, yeah, I was out on the range at, at Phoenix, and you know, I saw I saw Max like McGreevy. Max McGreevy. <laughs> I, <laughs> I didn't even know who he was. I uh, let me double down on that. I was watching your practice <laughs> route earlier, and he's. I was like, who's playing with Morikawa? And it was Max McGreevy. Did not know. I, I would listen. Part of me wants to say somebody that does this for a living, and I would think is relatively good at it. Uh, probably should know like all the people in the field, but like that might be part of the tour's issue. We can talk about that if you guys are ready. If you if you ask me to to pull like Andrew Novak, Chad Ramey, and I, I do know a little bit of Max McGreevy, but like I don't know, name another pro. Matthias Matthias Schwab. I don't know who that is. Well, yeah, he he's been on some of my writers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I, I mean, Alex Smalley. Yeah, Alex yeah. Smalley. Yeah, yeah, like I would, I could not tell those three guys apart. I would have yeah. no nowhere to start. Their stories can't be told enough. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard. Now, Ben Ben Griffin. <laughs> do not bring Ben Griffin into this, okay? Okay. Uh, Hamsterdam, man. Uh, it was incredible. I, you know, we were watching a little bit on the way home. We got back home. I don't remember a commercial break from five o'clock on till the finish. Um, I. 
tracer technology on 18 was up from this super high spot where you could really get a picture of what, what you know where the ball was actually going instead of the low to the ground one. They had a cool new putting technology thing that showed um, what percent you need to hit the putt. Like I saw, like Jason Day had a putt. It was like yeah. I needed to go 136 percent with like a a cool illustration of the aiming line and how it's planning to break. Uh, it just goes to show like the issues we had with it last week and all the other weeks are not. I said this last week and I'll double down. Like it's not on Tommy Roy, like the incredible, insane commercial loads that have happened in these golf tournaments. Um, got some more intel as to why it might be and it's something we may cover in a future episode, but just wanted to pause to say, like we said last week, I was like, watch the players. It's going to be awesome. They do such a great job with it every year. And man, is it noticeable? I know it's not sustainable. I know you can't do this for every event. I'm just saying, man, was that a super, super noticeable difference? Yeah. I mean, it turns out that the, the golf producers, the golf talent, they like covering golf, mm-hmm. right? And when, when Brian Roberts and Aunt Molly and, and Pete Bavacqua get in the way and, and oversell stuff. And the like, tour. Yeah. And the tour. And the tour has got to take more responsibility for the product. This is a this feels like one where the tour takes responsibility for and says this is how it's going to be displayed. And I don't I don't pretend to know all the in, the details of how that relationship works, but dude, all I care about is what it looks like when I flip that TV on, and that was extremely watchable, and I hope it maintains for the rest of the week. Yeah. If you want, I get, I, if you want to grow the PGA Tour, I know Jay doesn't want to grow the game. He wants to grow the PGA Tour. Like, there you go. That's it. What are you doing for the game? That's, That's what it. I believe you said. That's what we should be asking. Not growing the game. What are you doing for the game? This is what is expected for the players. When we talk about other dedicated events, they they have to figure it out. Yeah, they got to change up. What oh, they're for doing. sure. This a hundred percent. However, what happened to every shot live? I believe it. Yeah. Somebody, I heard that it went off the air as soon as NBC came on for the morning wave. You could have every shot live on on ESPN Plus, PJ Tour Live, whatever you want to call it. Okay. So, but I know some people that like to do some, you know three ball gambling and things like that. We're not able to watch this afternoon. So I, I don't know pe- why that would be. I got people complaining about ESPN plus. We might have to dive in and investigate tomorrow morning. TC. Okay. Just on, on the quality of the coverage yeah. or I mean, it's, they've been, they've been absolutely mailing it in all season. Like, I, you know, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll get, we'll check it. Yeah. Let us, let us attend yeah. for a week. We watch enough golf on yeah. TV. Let us, we'll get the, uh, we'll get you the in-person experience here. Um, what do, uh, are we ready to get into some, some quotes that were flying around? Do you have anything? We have a lot more golf any sh- covered. Any, any shocking stinkers other than the ones we covered? Harris English, 78, did not, did not see that one coming. Uh, I'm going, I'm going up the leaderboard. <laughs> he went bogey, <laughs> bogey free, uh, over the weekend at Bay Hill and comes out and shoots 78 today. Yep. Didn't see that Shane one. Lowry, 77. What Fitz, uh, Fitz shot 76 today as well. Tom Kim, plus two. Seventy four was hoping for Rookie, a little better. Or, I mean, first sure. first year playing yeah. though. JT, I mean, we, I mean, we talked a little bit about JT, but JT, uh, JT out Justin of it. Thomas plus or JT Poston? Oh, uh, I didn't see JT Poston. It's Justin Thomas. But. Just throwing this out there, worth noting with JT minus two and a half strokes game putting and missed a three footer, I think, at one point. I mean, it just does not look comfy on the greens and hasn't really all year long. Um, Jerry Kelly is currently plus two. Oh, okay. Beating the rib by two. What a fucked up game. <laughs> it's so dumb. What a ridiculous golf course. But, like, it's also the kind of course where I, I could see guys going completely backwards after having hot starts. So, um, all right, what's can the, we please? Can what's we, the forecast look like this weekend? That's for you and your app. <laughs> You're going to you put this on me? You don't trust any of the apps that I throw at you. It's going to be <laughs> 71 and sunny on Saturday with, like, very little wind and then. 81 and sunny on Sunday with very little wind. So Saturday's going to be nice. I don't think there's going to be, unless it blows a little bit tomorrow, I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of backing up. Like this is, this is going to be more of like a minus 
14 mm. minus 15 a year, I think. I say let the let the conditions dictate the scoring. I, I I would be I don't think they need to like push it too crazy. I don't think they need to get absurd with it. I would say ramp the sub airs up. Sure. I mean the greens are firm. Like that's yeah. not an issue. I think there was there was one ball I saw on 16 like on the upslope hit uh, who hit that uh, Sam Burns hit that into 16 and they were stunned on the broadcast that it made a ball mark cuz nothing else had made a ball mark all day long. So um can we get to some Ryan Armour quotes? Please. Hit me. All right. Um, we're doing this in reverse order that we did the preview. I, I, we, we hear for you. We hear your complaints on the uh, that the player's preview was maybe a little bit heavy on, on long-term PGA Tour stuff. But. One more thing. One guy I saw today, uh, he's right next to Chez on the leaderboard. Shout out to Chez for shooting even par 72. Xander Shoffley. I'm out. Okay. I'm oh. I'm completely out. Totally done. I just don't, I don't want to watch you play golf anymore. Okay. It doesn't do anything for me. The... It, the the regrips on the club are starting to get to Sergio levels, I think, and it just seems like he feeds on the same three or four golf courses every year on tour and doesn't really do a whole lot else. So. I think the strangest thing that he ever decided was when like he was one of the best putters in the world, and then like he switched his putter right before the U.S. Open at Torrey, a f- place where he literally yep. should have been like one of the favorites, and was doing like arm lock. Yeah, arm lock because he had decided what that like. The arm lock shit for other people was so effective. He needed to do it like right before a major. That was such a weird decision. Yeah, I mean, he's and he just trusts what you are. Like if he had put it normal in that U.S. Open, he'd have probably yeah. won it. I I can't quite decide. I do feel like Xander is fun, is interesting. Yet we don't for so, like every interview he does is actually really interesting and he's fun to listen to and he's he says smart things that are not super boring. Mm-hmm. And yet at the same time, it's just hard to like find love for his golf game or like love, you know, his star yeah. power just lacks for, I don't know why. I though. like the idea of Xander, but then I go out and like watch him play a few holes of golf. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm good, man. I, we were talking about this earlier of it, it. I wonder how much like, uh, people, golf fans in general, I know it's driven for me. It's like your on course demeanor decides so much of whether or not people will root for you. True. Like I think people enjoy like Spieth is polarizing in a way. Like people, the people that think he's a complainer and whatnot do not like him. But for the most part, people are in, he's so engaging. He's so like he wears his emotions out there that you just end up going on a little bit of an emotional journey that like you don't go on when you watch Xander Shoffley play golf. Uh, nobody better more like evidence of that than Phil, who like basically was yeah. winning people's hearts and minds forever when he was yeah. grinning and thumbs up and, and whatever. Then people said, "Oh, he's the anti Tiger." I love that. The people who were drawn to that. We're freaking drawn to that. If yep. Xander was like that, which obviously you can't fake your personality, but he would probably have a lot more people pulling for him. There's a big distinction, too, between JT and Spieth are two guys that sort of wear it on their sleeve, but they wear it in different ways. Yeah, 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 and, for and sure. I, and I think there's a lot more people that don't like JT because of his on-course For demeanor. sure. I would definitely say so. Jordan rarely seems angry for a sustained moments, whereas JT... JT does seems, like it seems inward him. with Jordan too versus mm-hmm. outward with JT. Jordan. Jordan's beating himself up, whereas JT's like wants to strangle the world yeah. in a way. Um, Dave Shedlowski had an article with Golf Digest today, digging in on some great reporting. I believe you. I, I'm not qualified to say so, but I believe you would say so. KVD. Well, yeah. We love to give shout outs to great reporters. I'm Dug right. in on asking some uh, rank and file members of the tour what they think of it. This is a refreshing change of pace from uh, from just reading James Hahn quotes in this section of it. But I was hoping we um, go the is this the James Hahn segment? <laughs> yeah, this is that we're going to transfer it over to uh, to <laughs> to Ryan Armour here, who I, I I think makes the points better. 
Um, we've had a lot of conversations with a lot of people over the t- over the time period here uh, that they've rolled out this new plan and kind of getting everyone's reaction. And they had the meeting earlier this week. We talked a lot about it on Tuesday, but have had a lot of conversations a bunch since then. Um, but I think I'm gonna I'm just gonna read some of um, Armour's quotes. He said, "I think I think what bothers me most about this." Uh, is that we were all in the same PAC meeting in San Diego in January, and there were some serious concerns about going forward with this. We talked about the value of full fields, what it means for hospitality, for fans who want to watch golf all day, what the tour experience is all about, and then they went forward with it. If this was such a great idea, we should have done it 20 years ago when Tiger was winning everything. These guys aren't Tiger Woods. None of them are. The current hierarchy on the tour, what makes this generation of 20 to 30-year-olds so special to benefit the most from this? I think that's better. Again, better points yeah. than James makes, but yeah. I think that I have, I have the, some issues. The with you're this. not Tiger Woods thing is a pretty, de- uh, really a damning thing. Like, because it's right. There, none of these guys are. Which much as we like Rom and Rory yep. and and JT and Jordan, like they ain't even like a tenth of what Tiger is in terms of the Tiger's draw also in favor of this. Yeah, yeah. right. Uh, so that also is like, why didn't we do this when Tiger was winning everything? That's a good question. I think in the opposite way that you mean it, but I think it's like, in a certain way with the WGCs. Yeah, they did. That was a step in that direction. And that granted, didn't work was, out great. It so. was poorly executed. Yeah. Um, that's to say like, hey man, I think there's, I mean, probably something external that's happened in the game that probably drove this. I think it's probably fair fair to admit that. And the landscape has changed that, yeah, in the Tiger Woods era, there wasn't competition that changed, that was stealing talent left and right. And again, changed like the way professional golf is probably going to look forever. So um, I, I don't think like, I think a, a, a decent point in this is the value of full fields, what it means for hospitality and for fans who want to watch golf all day. I think it's a decent point. I, I, that's, I know at the same time, I don't know, if like your stars teeing off before 8 a.m. is like the best thing for golf as a whole as well. And again, they couldn't even finish the golf today. So 144 people we know is too many for this field. Like it's, it's kind of silly to do. There's also a way to do like less guys with twosomes instead of threesomes and spread it out throughout the day as well. So uh, he continued guys who keep their cards, they're good players, but they're not going to have a chance to play the playoffs. They're not getting into any designated (laughs) events. But they want those players to be mules for you at all the pro-ams, all the charity visits, all the hospital visits and sponsor events. And we're good enough to do that, but we're not good enough to play in designated events like we did this year. I guess. All right. You are. Like, how do you qualify for the playoffs? By playing, (laughs) by beating people at golf. Like, you can say the same thing about the 125 through the 175. 100%. Okay, so from his perspective, I get why this stinks. Okay. It's change. Yeah, it's change. From a fan's perspective, I just have to say, like, there's 500 to 1,000 guys out there who would gladly do that and not have a chance to get in the playoffs just to be a professional golfer. They'd happily do the pro-ams. They'd, there's a lot of people who have been doing this and have been doing it a certain way and feels like, hey, man, like, this is the way it should always be. And that's not really how any businesses work. And I, I'm sorry, like, that some of these guys feel like they're being kind of nudged to the door and, you know, given their gold watch and saying, like, you know, we don't really need you. But, man, that's, like, happens in all kind of businesses. It happened in newspapers. I spent 11 years in newspapers, saw generation and generation after, like, people who were seen as, like, essential to the product 10 years ago kind of nudged out the door. And I'm not really sure, like, what the answer should be. Like, I just don't think that they should sort of keep the same model just because some guys feel like, you know, well, it's, that's not fair. Like, why would I want to do, man, those, there's plenty of people willing to take your job. Like that's how like things work where it's a meritocracy of like you either shoot scores or don't. So I just don't, I don't, it's hard for me from a like fans perspective to have sympathy from these guys for a human perspective from like a one-on-one, like I, 
I wish your career could go on longer. There's other avenues, other tours you could play golf in if you really feel like it's not fair. I, I just, I don't know. I, I, do I feel like I'm, do I come across as cold and heartless when I say this? Well, I mean, Ryan Armour is somebody that's made, he's made almost $10 million in the PGA Tour. Um, I give him a little bit of credit because looking at his career resume, like I know he's an Ohio State guy, so he's automatically on my shit list because of that. Uh, he's 47 years old. He's he's been playing on the PGA Tour since 2007, off and on. Um, but it, it seemingly the the one making it into the 125, making it to the playoffs, is like his big goal each year. I'm I'm assuming, right? Like he, mm -hmm. he finished 128th in 2007, 158th. He's finished anywhere you, between 49th and 100. You don't need to tell us this. We know where Ryan Armour finished on the FedEx. But it's Cup like he's season. always Come in that on. 100 to 120 range, sure, right? And like, but that's probably man. You know what? I made it to Memphis. That's a big deal. That's I'm my. Sure it is. And it's like cool. Like this is all just a sliding scale. It's like there's still going to be underdogs. There's still going to be favorites and underdogs. It's just a matter of that. Those underdogs might be at 75 or 80 instead of Ryan. Who's to say that that 125 is the right number? What? What about the guy that finished 140 that, 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 you know, had almost as good of a year as 125? It's all fucking relative, man. Also, Chad Rainey's leading the players. <laughs> but like, also, like, isn't that a great example of like you can shoot your way into like that upper tier if you can just shoot your way? Yeah. I, I, again, if we were starting this right now, we wouldn't go straight to like defaulting. Like 125 of these guys should be in the playoffs. It's just that it's changing. That's the part that is uncomfortable for people. And like, again, in none of these guys' cases do I hear a reason why it's great for the game of golf. I can understand why this would be great for you, Ryan. I can. And all other players that are upset about this. I totally understand. I, I'm not fully convinced, again, that this new system is going to be bad for you, but I understand why you think that. But, like, man, I need you to make the case for me. Almost all of these end up with, make the case for me why this worst golf should be rewarded as much as you're saying it is. Like, make the case. I, I'm... It's it, golf is not like other sports. I understand the value of the tenth man on an NBA team. I, I do like it works in a team aspect. Like that is the value you provide is easy to understand because of salary Great caps. Locker room guy. Well, just like you, <laughs> you're the three point shooter. Or you're yep. the defensive substitution. Like that is the value you provide, and golf doesn't do that. Like everyone's on their own. So it is really freaking hard if you're past fiftieth in the world or whatever that that is to provide value. To the game of golf, like it's just you out there, so it's not it's not the same as other sports. And like I just I I, I can't like wrap my head around why all these people are riding so hard for just like mediocre golf to continue to get rewarded the way it is. Some of our friends, like people who were like we're probably like actually consider friends outside of the, are like the people who are being affected by this. David Lingworth's one of my great friends. Yeah. Like uh, we our families are really close friends, and like I asked him for his input, and like push back a little bit on it. He's like, I get it. I, I do get it. But like, it does affect my livelihood. And I'm like, yeah, I just kind of where we're, you got to understand like where we're sitting here and like where, yeah. like the possibility for the greater good of the PGA tour. And like it to be a more entertaining product and is where it's it, going. Like, like Ryan Armour's 47 and he probably feels like, Hey, you know what? I want to leave this thing as I found it or better. And so I want to leave it to for his class of player. Yeah. For his class of player. But, it, but it's also like, all right, like looking at your results, man, like, you're playing the players this week. You haven't finished in the top 10 in, like, almost two years. And you were, like, the first alternate in the event. Like, yeah. Like, maybe. like pretty good like, structure like, for you. Maybe you shouldn't be in this event yeah. this year. And, like, you, you've earned your way in the past, and I respect that. But I, it doesn't really feel like you've earned your way in this year. You're just filling the field out. And I get that the charities and some of these host organizations make charity money based upon a full-field pro-am. 
Um, and that's a big component of this. But you know what else is a big component? Like the tour being really healthy and being able to stand up all these events and the TV contract being valuable and all that. And then they can net up some sure. of those charities or whatnot versus, I just, I versus just, predicating it upon like, you know what? Like, yeah, like the, the you know, greater Quad Cities uh, YMCA is not going to make as much money next year because it's like, no, like maybe in 10 years if we don't fix this and we just keep we keep the status quo, maybe the – Quad Cities YMCA is not making any money. Right. It's also just like I, I, I struggle when you get to the level of pampered and out of touch to be call yourself a mule for like doing things for the charities and for pro-ams and things like that. It's like, dude, you got to like no one recognize you anywhere you go and you got to make $9.2 million for your golf skill. Like people are probably doing a pretty good job for you. Like you got to there's some given that. Yeah, you got to go play the pro-ams. You get fucking paid for it, dude. Like you get paid for this stuff. Like that's part of your job. So it's it just like throwing a sympathy party on all that. And that's tough. And then he says, say you finish 75th on the points list. Just using that as an example. Yes, you had a really good year, but you don't get in any designated events. Why wouldn't you take a live contract? You've just been told by the tour that you that you fought for and were loyal to that we don't want you. No, you don't. Like, quit acting like an entitled dipshit, and and you probably got to play with playing eighteen to twenty great regular events. And if you're worth your salt, because it's not like you're just racking up twenty fifth place finishes every week. In order to finish seventy fifth on the list, you probably finished top five a couple of times, and you probably did play your way into a couple of those designated events. And then you have your shot to to earn your way to the next level. It's I'll, a fucking meritocracy, man. I'll say this though too, like. Why would you take a live contract? Go ahead and take a live contract. Like I'm not gonna. Uh, Brendan like, Steele of, just did. Like he's in yeah. your class of player, right? He's honestly, better than you. Like Brendan Steele clearing out a spot for someone who potentially like could be you know a great player. That's a win for the tour. So and if it's a, if you feel like it's a win to go to live, go do it. I it, would rather them clear out a spot for the next Justin Saw or the next Pearson Cootie or Ludwig yes. or somebody like that. You know what, man? Take a hike. Go do it. Like, that's fine. And that's also not how live works. Like, there's 48 spots there. There's no, there's no like, feeder system into this. Like, and they can toss you aside in a heartbeat. And who knows how long that league is actually going to last. Like, it's just such a lame threat. Because basically, I don't know how, why you wouldn't, if you feel this way, why you wouldn't have already left. Like, if you've stuck it around for this long for the PGA Tour, there's a reason why either they didn't offer you something or that I, I don't see the tour going so far backwards for this class of player that now, oh, now lives a great option for me. It was either a great option for you already or it was it's not an option. It's All really right. funny to see these old guys, like the 47-year-olds, going with the leverage over the legacy <laughs> thing, right? Like, it's pretty rich. I got a solution, all right? All these guys are upset. <clears throat> they can move, They should move to Australia bring life back into the Australian circuit and then Netflix can go down there and film like a reality show about it. Go find out how much value you have. <laughs> go break out on your own and find out how but much the value Australian you have. Play the Minotaur. The, oh, the Minotaur. <laughs> the Minotaur. But the, aren't the Australians are mad that like they don't, their, their stuff has been sort of devastated that that would be a good way yeah, to I'd be it. mad if I was Australian. Too. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I think they probably deserve to be mad. So like that's what I'm saying. Here's we're sending our, our convicts. We're not sending, <laughs> we're not sending our best, <laughs> but, but we're sending someone. No, they, uh, Australians don't like it when you make those comic jokes, I gotta say. That's uh, interesting with Shedlowski. Watch, like watch he, your back next week. He's, he's a Columbus guy. Ryan's a Columbus guy. Little, little buck tech. You think Urban Meyer's advising <laughs> yeah, him? He's yeah, in I there can see like, Jack being in, in. Yeah. Harvey, <laughs> you believe this? 
Um, Armour said, I am going to catch heat for this, but I was talking with James Hahn. I wouldn't, wouldn't admit that. And we went, into, we went into detail about how we need to rewrite our mission statement and take out the part about tour creating the tour creating playing opportunities for its members. I guess we're not doing that anymore. They just crapped on everything Dean Beeman stood for. I kind of agree with him with this one. I think the tour would be better off without this mandate. You were saying 600, 600 starts? 650 or something like that. That's a lot of starts. Like, that's like, I don't know, five whole events, like four or five whole yep. golf tournaments, right? So I kind of see that, but also I'm looking at it and I'm like, man, like, we should get rid of like another 600 starts. You could, like you could the trim Puerto the Rico starts. Open you could trim the starts. Know? Again, yeah. make the case for us. I can understand why it's great for you. Make the case for me, golf fan, as to why this is great for the PGA Tour. But also, like, I, I could see somebody like this bitching about like the QBE or Grant Thornton shootout going to like a co-ed format. And he's like, see, you're taking more starts off the table for us. It's like, yeah, because nobody gives a shit about this event, man. I, look, Dean Beeman probably did a good job, certainly did a good job, like promoting golf in America. And that was the sort of idea of like professional golf in America when we're splitting off from the teaching parts. That should be what we were promoting. As many playing opportunities for people to make a living, that that was kind of ha happened. And like, I, again, just because we're splitting into two separate tours doesn't mean we're not still having providing these playing opportunities for a lot of guys. It's just not, you're not being provided the playing opportunities necessarily for the biggest things right it's like not all playing opportunities are created equal yeah if you're a professional poker player you don't you don't earn your you don't automatically get the right to be at every like big money table right you kind of have to win your way up the next level that's not that different i just th i think ignoring the players here for a second like the stuff that i read on twitter which is a, never the right way to start a sentence but <laughs> it it uh it's it's truly like people are just going to find something to complain about. Like you're going to find the next thing. If the system was totally different, you would have find a different something to complain about. And that I'm still just amazed how much people are missing the obvious thing of like the top players in the world are going to play against each other. Like, yeah, the path to getting there is going to be a little different and how it works, but maybe even more so than ever, it is about the scores you shoot. And like somebody brought an interesting question today of like, what happens when somebody gets hurt? Like, how do you manage access into the designated events when you fall in the FedEx Cup because you're out for six months? Like, how do medicals work? How do I? That's a that's yeah. a fair question, and I don't know if all the details from all that are, are figured out yet. But man, it's just like the hurdle you got to clear if you're going to make this point of like uh, these like middle tier guys getting screwed has just got to be. Convince me, again, why the guys that aren't as good at golf ha would have this much of a say in how this all goes. It, There's just not, it's not that different. It's just a matter of, like, you still have to earn your way. There's just, there's just different, like, it's just all relative now, yeah. right? It's, changes, changes hard. And, like, I mean, shit, like, there's, there's, they're probably going to, I mean, who knows, maybe to placate some of these guys, they add even more lower tier events, right? The fall, the fall is going to be wide open for a guy like Ryan Armour to, absolutely feed on now it's like if, if anything ryan armor should be you know what there's less there's less top players in the field let's let's roll you know i think yeah i think that's we'll see we'll see so what like, happens can i change the subject to something i thought was fun Did cam smith played around at the yards today as we were sort of hinted at our even amen lynch had this dylan share also sort of had it even had like some quotes from people well i like i would love it if cam smith I would have that would have been the I would love to have gone that out there and watched that. It would have been such a fun, like little quirky story. Like the defending players champ is playing in like a nine hole or like a like thirteen hole course that we've like had to like our you know party at before the NIT. What a funny, like weird kind of thing. I mean, I remember when uh when Danny Willett missed the cut at the Masters, he went and played at the local course in Augusta and was like in front of like three groups in front of me 
And it was like such a funny thing to think about, like, oh, the defending Masters <laughs> champ is here. Like he's got to just hang around. Yeah. To, to I mean, it shows jacket. you like Cam's a golf sicko. Like he apparently can't get into some of the top country clubs. Obviously, this has been floating around, but like Eamon reported, you know, he tried to get into Pablo Creek, where both Jay and uh, and Tim Fincham are members. Was basically like told, no, it's not going to happen. Let Cam have a place to play. I'm not so anti live that I can't like want Cam to get to practice and play in the town where he likes to fish and live. I wonder what Cam did on the black hole uh, <laughs> green. There's a there's a like lava rock. Probably hit the green. I would I would just assume that he hit the green on that. But rumors were floating that he might show up this weekend. That there's been some some stuff floating around. He might show up at the tournament. God, that would be great if he's just walking around. Oh my a, god, it would be so should, fun. He should parachute in. Yeah. Jet ski lands. Like a, like a jet ski on a parachute, and the jet ski lands in the lake on 17. And he's jet skiing. <laughs> if I did Cam's, Cam's path back to the tour should be he has to take the live money, and he has to connect the intercoastal to the, the, the 17th <laughs> green. You, you know how much money? It would, like, he would have to buy just the amount of property you would have to buy it's to a trillion start dollars. the infrastructure project. I think he could do it. If I didn't think I would get my media badge taken away for the year, I might like sneak it to Cam and be like, let's just walk around the side of the ropes. <laughs> Maybe if there's someone who doesn't want to be credentialed for the rest of the week. They will will the TV networks cover it if he does show up? No. No. Hmm. I mean, they would have to. I, and they would have to. I think so. I don't they, think they would. No, I think they would. They might like cover, they would cover like a news story. They'd yeah. be like, this is a bizarre scene here. I, I, think, I think Golf Channel might. Yeah, might. Like, I just wanted to say some of the golf. It's NBC an old, <laughs> wouldn't on the broadcast. Tor would have their asses. We'll I thought Zinger was going to get electroshocked today when he said Augusta Nash. Like, oh, this is the lead up to Augusta. <laughs> like, I yeah, I could see, I could just envision smoke coming out I think of all NBC the, too. I yeah. think there would be like a fist fight in the booth if you said we're not going to cover this. I mean, they would, it would look yeah. journalists. You can push in a certain way of a rights holder stuff, but as someone who worked for a place that was like a major rights holder, there's certain lines in the sand that you would draw and you would like be like, I'm this literally, is, this is this not is, about you. Yeah. Yeah. We are absolutely covering it. If he shows up in the crowd and is like wandering around, I don't care. Like they, Jay could be screaming on the phone at them and they'd be like, sorry, like it's happening. We're, yeah. We pay a lot of money to broadcast these things. We are covering it like a news event. This guy's trying to take my lunch money though. <laughs> All right, I think that about wraps it for uh, for take two of the No Letting Up live show presented, as always, by our friends at High Noon. Thank you all for bearing with us through technical difficulties. Glad we got it sorted. We'll be back. Uh, we'll bring some guests in the rest of the week as well, and we'll be doing live shows after each round. We got the technology licked now. We're totally fine. We'll be out there uh, the rest of the week as well, so if you see us, please say hello. Thanks everyone for tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow. Peace. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. Johnny, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Expect anything different?